Well, 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 well. I cannot, I cannot describe to you how excited we were when we were like, oh my gosh, Mickey, I haven't seen you. Like, because right now we just lost like an hour. Audio. Audio. We're kind of very devastated. But anyway, welcome to the In The Smoke pod. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Mickey. I'm your host. I'm here with my really good friend. Beloved. So, Beloved, would you like to reintroduce the topic of the week? Good day, everyone. Today's episode topic is uh, villain fucking. Quick disclaimer. We're gonna t- say the word fuck a lot. If you want to play a drinking game to this episode, I highly recommend you choose any word but fuck. Um, or choose fuck so you can get really fucked and then get alcohol poisoning I (laughs) do not recommend it I act like I speak from experience I've never had alcohol poisoning so we are back we're here Beloved's got a cigarette to keep her blood pressure down I'm like yeah I still got my tequila sunrise let's get into it so quickly just a bit of an explanation on what villain fucking is so villain fucking is kind of a fandom term i guess it originated mainly on like twitter tumblr like in those fan spaces mm-hmm. and basically villain fucking is not just sleep with him you want to marry him want to have his kids want to help him in his genocidal plans or something like that i don't know I mean, no um <laughs> the I forgot we have another disclaimer and that is that you are probably going to hear a lot about Loki (laughs) because Loki is apparently the only villain either of us can think of when recording. Basically, historically, uh, mass media has kind of portrayed villains as parts of um, unwanted or kind of... The parts of society. It's like society didn't want you to like this or want to be like this, so they made that the villain. Exactly. So that's why you get like super effeminate um, male villains. and queer villains. Yeah. And so when you now have marginalized groups or like, well, people fr- who are part of marginalized groups who now consume this media, you're not going to sympathize as much with the straight cis white male leading man or his, um, you know, gorgeous model girlfriend. You are going to sympathize with the villain who clearly seems to have similar life experiences to you, who maybe looks like you, who maybe has the same kind of understanding of the world the way you do. Yeah, that's basically how I understand villain fucking to be because why would you thirst after someone who you see no connection with, someone who you have nothing in common with versus when you can see yourself and see some kind of recognition in the Lokis of the world. Some of the points that we (laughs) want to try and cover was me wrapping my head around exactly what this is. Because I've always, you classify yourself as a certified villain fucker. Yes. Amen. Okay. I don't. I've always been Lewis in the crowd, right? Lois, she's Lois. talking about Spider-Man. I, not Spider-Man. Uh, talking Superman. about Superman's girlfriend. Superman's but she girlfriend. did call herself MJ before that. Yes. So, so I'm I've not always wrong. been the MJs. I've always been the Loises. I do understand the sympathizing bit of liking the villain, especially when you understand their story and you understand where they come from and and why they do the things you do. I think I would. I'm having trouble trying to separate the fiction 
from how this translates into reality because the other tangent we went on was trying to find villains in real life yes so but the thing is villains in real life are like dictators and serial killers and which like i could fuck a serial killer i clearly beloved has a ted bundy fetish but i, I don't think i'm qualified <laughs> I, I dig mean, deep into that. Like we okay, specifically speaking about about dictators and because I mean I did pose the question like, do we have people in our world who wanna fuck Kim Jong Un? Yes, in case you weren't wondering. <laughs> Sorry, and um, freaking Putin. There are definitely people who wanna fuck Putin. There's a reason those shirtless horse photos go viral. People are thirsty for Putin. But the thing is, I also feel like the people who are thirsty for Putin, Putin is as much a fictional character to them as he is, as Loki is. Because I think when these people have no impact, have no like actual impact on your life, it's like, we don't know anybody in Russia. We have never been to Russia. We probably never will be to Russia. Putin is as fictional to us as any character we've watched in a movie True. or read in a book he has no actual impact on our lives so saying you want to fuck putin is kind of the same as saying you want to fuck hannibal lecter in the sense that there is absolutely no like real world implications of like fucking putin you know <laughs> like there's absolutely no way it's going to happen it's not like you a little 20 your old girl from South Africa is going to swing into St. Petersburg and, like, <laughs> find Putin, you know? That's why I think it's so much easier to draw a line and kind of separate the villain or the person from their actions. Because I think that's the core of villain fucking, is yeah. to be like, yes, he did a little bit of genocide. <laughs> oh, even if it's a lot. Yes, he did a lot of genocide. But those biceps, though... <laughs> Like, I want him to crush me. Like, I think it's much easier to do that when there's no actual victims. When there's no, like, real... Not not to say that Putin doesn't have victims. He definitely does. Yeah. But none of them are, like... None of them seem real. None of them are, like, real people to At us. least to us. Yes. Um, and I think that's true <laughs> for the majority of people who see the shirtless horse pics and are like, yes, daddy. Yeah, Please don't also, tell me you want to call Putin daddy. I feel like we, ha- we have talked I about I literally this. was calling him daddy Putin the entire time we were talking. <laughs> and I'm low-key ashamed. Here's the thing. We speak a lot about separating the actions of the villain from the villain themselves, right? And I, and, and, and I said, there are two ways that you can do this and the first one is to either ignore what they did and be like okay yeah cool i'm not i'm not here for that and then secondly to justify it which is something that we see happening with real life so-called villains right Mm -hmm. um a lot of Okay, but he did this, but do you know where he grew up, though? Do you know what he his father did He had a bad childhood. You know, it's like, a, yeah, but she kind of deserved... You Like, we, we, we find the, out... The justification for the terrible treatment exactly. of romantic partners. So, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's those two things. And then, I said, I read a book where this woman was the wife to a person who, who owned a taxi franchise, we'll call it. Right, mm-hmm. and the way we know taxi franchises to run in South Africa is very, very. It's very similar to like a mafia type system. Exactly, it 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 definitely is. So what she decides to do is, upon her suspicions, obviously, 
of knowing who her husband is and what he does for a living. She's like, there are times that he comes home and I am so sure that somebody died. But I am going to choose plausible deniability of I don't know and I don't want to find out. I think in those cases... It's like I physically didn't... I never saw a body. I saw... A random red speck. So I mean, blood. No, it, it was juice. It could have been a nosebleed. Maybe it was wine from a business meeting. I don't, I don't know. know. And I think in those like scenarios... But that is willingly keeping yourself ignorant. Huh? That's willingly keeping yourself ignorant. But I don't... I think also maybe in that in that aspect, that's not necessarily villain fucking. Because no. you're choosing to ignore the idea that this person is a villain at all. It's kind of it's kind of more like maintaining an illusion than villain fucking because villain fucking kind of acknowledges that the reason I am so attracted to this person is yeah. their damage matches my damage or something like that. Or like you see you see so, you see some of yourself and you can relate to them. So are there any ones or are there any people who can't relate to the villain in any sort of? There must be. There's seven billion people on this planet. There must be. So what, what are they finding attractive about this villain? What do you mean? They find them attractive regardless of being... They're a horrible person. They are killing people and ending the world or attempting to. You know their history or whatever, or maybe you don't. There, there is no that emotional connection that, oh, their childhood was horrible. But they then that's just lust. I mean, we are talking about lust, but I'm saying the lust comes from a place... The crux of the issue of villain fucking is how people equate villain fucking with endorsement of the actions of the character or okay. the person. I can be super duper in love with Loki. I can say he's my favorite character i can say you know fuck thor i'm team loki all the way that does not now mean i think genocide is okay i can read the book lalita and i can say the prose was beautiful that does not mean i am a pedophile nor do i endorse pedophilia it means i read a good book Mm -hmm. and i thought the book was good and i said it the issue is not the morality of liking the villain the issue is the morality of if you like the villain, do you now endorse their yeah, actions? Yeah. And I think on a much smaller scale, if you look at like any kind of romantic or platonic relationship, you are not me, and also yeah. you, you are your own person. Just because we are connected in some way does not mean I need to agree with everything you say. So in the same context, why can I not enjoy a book about murder and still be against murder? Like, that that's a no-brainer. Just because I want to read the serial killer book does not mean I want to be a serial killer. Yes, but right now we're saying you like the serial killer. Just because I like Hannibal Lecter doesn't mean I want to eat his food. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose maybe that that's the, the and that, separation. Uh, that separation is also again a lot a lot easier when it is a fictional character who has no real victims, who has had no real impact on life. It would be much difficult if Hannibal Lecter was an actual cannibal roaming around Baltimore. Yeah, then it would be pretty fucked up for me to say, <laughs> Daddy. Okay, so okay, even if even though we're speaking fictionally. What is it then about the villains that is just so enticing? If we look at a lot of villain fucking is just because they're hot. 
Like I don't I don't I don't think you need to go past if you watched Thor Ragnarok and you saw Hela in that tight ass little leather jumpsuit. Like purely on a base level. That does not mean you endorse the genocide of Asgard's population. It's just <laughs> Hela was sexy in the in the cat suit. Yeah. I like Loki and Thor have spent how many damn movies running around in tight leather? <laughs> I am allowed to appreciate the aesthetics of that and not have to deal with the morality of but Loki's evil. So he's wearing leather. We introduced we I think we introduced this episode as villain fucking and the morality thereof. Yes. So are we saying that there is no morality in No, I don't think there is no morality, but I think I think we have to acknowledge that uh, we are humans, we are visual. The first step to being a villain fucker is the villain needs to be physically attractive to you. We're speaking about how these villains are attractive, right? Yes. What about, for example... Yeah, okay, okay, but even if the villain isn't attractive, right? Because um, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm like, we, we speak about... No, but the core of villain fucking is that you are drawn to the villain over the typical protagonist of the story. If we're looking at like, Beetlejuice. Can you get off the Beetlejuice I'm train? I'm never going okay, to okay. get off the Beetlejuice train because I simply cannot understand. Because obviously I, I don't know who the fuck Beetlejuice is except from what the, the summary of the story is and what he looks like. I, I haven't watched the movies or I don't know if But I think also that's like that single person who's like, hey, I like Beetlejuice. Like... And that's fine. Fred, child. But like, that's fine. If they want to fuck Beetlejuice, that's not our business. Let them fuck like, Beetlejuice. Are you guys be actually finding Beetlejuice sexy? Take aside the physical attraction aspect. Let's look at let's look at Eric Killmonger. Regardless of the fact that he is packaged in a whole Michael B. Jordan. There is, you might find some kind of, like, you might understand his backstory of, like, you know, he lost his father young and he had to, like, fight for his place and he wanted what was rightfully his. And you might sympathize with that. You might see his story and think, I see myself in that. I lost my parent at that age. And that would lead you to sympathize with this fictional character. Does this mean you endorse the people he killed? No. But it can mean that you see the humanity in him. Mm. Then if you relate more to Eric Killmonger, by definition, you would be a villain fucker. But that also doesn't mean you want to kill people. Our media, there's, there's no single story or movie or whatever where I can find where the hero is not just as attractive or more. Because that's how they built it, right? Well, the thing is, in, in a lot of media, you'll find that that attractiveness kind of becomes a barrier to you wanting to be with him because he's so perfect. I mean, I think it's a thing of like, oh, we all have been through some shit and this person chose to do good and then this one chose to do bad. So you should want to be like the good guy. Yeah, but often their motivation, like sometimes the motivation of the villain is more understandable than the motivation of I the I think hero. that's where our media is moving towards now. Yes, definitely, definitely. But I think in the past, I think that's where this kind of moral panic comes from because I think people are like in the days gone by when a hero was the hero and the villain was the villain. Why do you want, why are you attracted to the bad guy? Because the bad guy has a sympathetic story. Because the bad guy is hot. Why Why does me just tweeting into the abyss 
Draco's heart. Why does that now mean I am a Death Eater and endorse the killing of non-magical folk? It does not. It doesn't. It just means Draco's heart. So if we were to live in a world where there were physical villains roaming the planet... See, I think that's different now because that leaves victims. Victims make a difference. For you? Yeah, okay, yeah, for me personally because I think... Hannibal Lecter, I can say that I have a crush on Hannibal Lecter because Hannibal has never killed anyone. There are no graves. There are no mourning families. If I decided to date Hannibal Lecter, I would not have to deal with the knowledge that there are people grieving because of my boyfriend. So I think because I'm not the type of person who, though I indulge in a lot of media and fiction and and literature, right? I do think that a lot of the stuff that I indulge in really represents who I am as a person and my beliefs and my whatevers and whatnots. So, yes, I could read a, a, a book about vampires and, and demons where they are the main character. But again, I must stress that those medias, they paint them in such a good light, which is why my, my family doesn't watch me, want me watching Lucifer because they're like, no. Thank you. Lucifer's such a good example. They're like, no. Lucifer's <laughs> such a good example. Thank you. It only took us 90 minutes of recording <laughs> to hit the perfect example. It's like, no, they're painting Lucifer to be a good guy. And I'm like, no, they're not. They literally just present him as Satan. But they they, they do, make him sympathetic. Yes. And they, they give do, him a cute package. Yes. And they do um, interpret, obviously, theology and, and the Bible mm-hmm. in different ways. But what I do like about them is that they don't necessarily change it. They just, they fill in their holes with their own imagination. But the thing is, I think the problem with that kind of like, don't watch it because that's the devil idea. It's, it's is that it, they don't want me to change my perceptions. Like as a consumer of media, I don't think it's wild to expect that a person has some level of critical thinking, some level of like, understanding of the world i think if someone watches lucifer and they are christian i think the person should have the have enough brain cells stick them together to know this iteration of the devil is not the devil that i believe in but i can enjoy the show that does not conflict with my own beliefs because i know this is a fictional show yeah you should be able to think critically about the media you are consuming enough but to make that... The one thing that I've learned growing up... Is that people don't have that critical thing. People skills. don't. Like, it's you wild. Expect people you're expecting a lot from people. Like, you're like, oh, I, I think also in high school, I really was of the perception that like, we all think like this. Of course we're all thinking critically and logically and like, this has to make sense. It does. And you say something and somebody says the most out-of-pocket shit. You just, you reach this point where you're like, how can you think like this? And at the same time, I didn't understand that people who don't understand villain fucking at all can then throw the same question right back at us. Like, how can you find this villain? How can you find this villain attractive? I mean, they're the bad guy. Can I tell you, to watch Lucifer in my parents' household, oh, no. I renamed all the episodes Sherlock Season 5, which is not out, by the way. Oh, yeah, I I'm know. I'm mad. I was a Sherlock bitch. I renamed the folder Sherlock Remade and renamed every single episode Sherlock 01, Sherlock 02, Sherlock... It's a thing of like... Right, right, right. I was saying that I don't have that separation, right, mm-hmm. 
of who I am in literature versus who I am in reality. I think that the person I find attractive when I'm reading a book is a pretty accurate representation, character-wise, character-wise, okay. is a pretty accurate representation of the type of people I like in real life. And that's not to say that I'm attracted to only good people. Do you, do you understand where I'm at, like, mentally? It's, it's a thing of, like... But I think also we can't... I think it's just impossible to box real people into good and bad. Yes. There's um, better and worse, but I don't think there's good and bad. Because we all have the, those inserts yeah. of, all, of, of all of And that. I think no one is good 100% of the time. You have bad days. You are bitchy course, to your but friends. Yeah, the people that but are worse, like you're just saying. Would it be wrong to assume that some part of you condones... Whatever whoever this person is. Yes, it's fictional. And and I suppose we can throw the black blanket of fiction and call it a day. Right? Because okay. he's a fictional character. And if he was real, yes, I would let him bend me over on a table. But okay, okay cool. But it's fictional, so bye. Mm-hmm. In a world where these people exist in real life, are we able to separate what it is that you're finding attractive? If it's not solely how they look. A huge part of who we are is what we do in our life. It's not all of us, but yeah, because you, you like thought, before, thoughts, actions, actions will always mean more than what your intentions are. For you to be a certified villain fucker, you know what this person does. Why do you find this attractive? Speaking of uh, fictional villains, but also villains in real life who are so far removed from our day to day lives that they could as well be fictional. Mm-hmm. See Putin. The difference, I think, at least for me personally, I'm not. I don't want to speak for like all villain fuckers. Ever. I think. Maybe speak for yourself personally versus other villain or your assumptions of other villain fuckers. Speaking for myself, but I also think for a lot of villain fuckers, I just don't know about all of them because some of them might, some of them might like legitimately get off on the chaos, like, and that's, you know, (laughs) do your do. But for me, I think the difference is always Loki has no victims. Loki didn't hurt anyone who would be able to look me in the eye, you know? Lucifer is also not a villain in his own show. He's the protagonist of his own show. He's just historically a villain. But yes. he's written very sympathetically. He's written as... Yeah, and I did mention that because like, I've always thought about what it would be like to write the story from the other side. And the problem with doing that is because you always sort of turn them into this good protagonist because they are the protagonist of the story. I don't think there is a... I have encountered a story where the bad guy stays just absolutely horrible without the writers trying to, for us to find something. Because we're supposed to like the protagonist. It's what keeps us coming mm-hmm. back to the show. It's all about, you can't see the real, like the real implications of their villainous actions don't exist in my life. Like I don't live in like Baltimore, Maryland where I have to deal with the fact that there was the Chesapeake Ripper and that mm. was Hannibal. And I didn't, and I never had to like live through that terror. Those things do not exist. And so it is much easier for me to say, fuck that. It's a hot man in a suit. So it's a lot easier to now justify to myself, I want to fuck Hannibal. I don't have to deal with the moral quandary of, oh no, but there are people he's hurt because those people don't exist. But that has nothing to do with you. Yeah, those people don't exist. No, 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 no. But even if they did, it has nothing to do with you. But I don't think, think, if I was dating someone, even if I was in love with them, I don't think I could be in love enough to where I say, yeah, he killed his ex-girlfriend, but it's okay. I don't think you can do that. Sure, it might be hard. I'm not saying it's like an easy, like, yeah, yeah. yeah no, 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 it's fine. I'm, I'm immediately falling out of love with this person. It's fucking difficult. No, it definitely is. I don't think you would be able to... Like do it for long t- for like a long time. 
time because eventually it would catch up with you that no regardless of who this person is to me he has dealt palpable harm in the past and if i want to continue to have this person in my life i need to reckon with that and i think when it comes to that reckoning that's where the relationship will fall apart because a lot of people can't justify it if you say oh he beat all of his ex girlfriends but he he has never touched me so it's fine but eventually there will come a point where you have to face the fact that no he beat every one of his ex girlfriends why are you different yeah what is stopping him from doing it to you and eventually maybe you can't live with that maybe you can't deal with yeah, it and that 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 kind of guilt and that kind of stress and worry overtakes whatever good was in the relationship because also yes. i don't think any relationship is good enough to handle that stress continuously yes i mean i think it's questionable just period yeah in regardless of whether or not you condone the behavior or it bothers you it, it it's going to be mm-hmm. questionable and and toxic No but I'm saying there are definitely people who are, who are just like yeah nobody did that to her not me. Like Ted Bundy got married when he after he was arrested. Yes. It's not out of the blue that there are people on this planet who can look at someone who has dealt very serious harm to others and be like I don't care he won't do that to me. It is a it is a reality that we live among people who think like that. Yes. Like people who think Yes, that bad thing happened, but that bad thing didn't concern me, so it's none of my business. Mm-hmm. Like th- there are definitely people who me, exist like that. I think for me, I'd probably be one of those people if we were to take villain fucking into my reality to be the type of person to say, "I'm here for the person and not what they do." and what they do and who they harm has nothing to do with no, me. No, 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 but the thing is I think, I think you can say that for yourself but also humans live in a society and we live in a society that involves interacting with other humans. You can say What if like if we had built a life together in fucking Mexico and he's a businessman who kills everywhere else except Mexico. That's so fine. I never but get like exposed Yeah, no, you it. never get exposed to it but at the end of the day, if he gets arrested for all of those murders you knew nothing about, you still need to grapple with the fact that there's a part of this man that is capable of these things and I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. Like does that make you a good person or a bad person? That's up to you because so you're this is how this is how you go about this. How I would go What about it is if I found out that my partner had done some terrible thing the thing is i would i would know that if i if i decided to stay with my partner i have to agree that i am accepting that these things happened mm-hmm. and i'm not saying accepting or not accepting them is like the right or wrong answer like cuz like relationships are different yeah. circumstances are different but i think you do need to accept it you do need to acknowledge that this person i am with has done these things and me standing next to them means i am somewhat okay with these things i am somewhat okay with letting someone who is capable of these things into my home and if you can accept that then sure go ahead deal but with it live your life but for tangenting from a i have just found out about this but i didn't know when i got into this The whole point of villain fucking is you know this is a villain and you're still Yeah, but then you but then that that kind of reckoning happens in the beginning Before because that reckoning is now do I go on a date with him knowing he's murdered people? No. Yeah. Well, I would say no because I don't <laughs> want to date a murderer. That the reckoning will happen either way, but it'll just happen sooner if you know sooner because then it's like he's never hurt me. 
so I'm going to go on a date with him. But mm-hmm. I, at least I'm speaking for myself, I would never be comfortable because in the back of my mind will always be, what is, why would he not do it to me? What, I'm not special. I, I think you and I function this exactly the same. So you're very interesting because your reactions to a real life villain versus fictional villains are very are, different. Are very different. But also, I, I don't want to put it down to like, I read a lot of fan fiction. I think it's because I engage with a lot of fictional works often, multiple okay. hours a day. So it's much easier for me because I read a lot. It's a lot easier for me to kind of separate what is like happening in a story versus what is happening in real life. I think that's like one thing about specifically fan fiction and meta where it forces you to think about the fiction not just in terms of the story and the characters and the plot but in terms of how it functions and the implications of the world that is created in the fiction. Mm -hmm. But also in doing that, it makes you very aware of like when you are stepping out of your reality and into the reality of the story if you look at our present day like reality there's already like a lot of discrimination there's a lot of like personal biases that kind of impact how people see and interact with the world right those are different in a fictional world but they impact the characters in that world in the same way Mm -hmm. so the so the characters will have their own personal biases and beliefs and whatever based on the constructs of that world. Yes. So when you read fan fiction, you are acknowledging this is a different world with different rules. So we are taking a step away from here. So if I want to read Hannibal fan fiction, I am taking a step into a world where there is this cannibal, he's fucking sexy, he's incredibly dubious, Yes. but he's a very compelling character and reading about him doing things is very interesting because getting a peek into like a mind that works mm. like that is very interesting. Do you think in media there is sort of a romanticizing of the villains though? Definitely. So is because that what causes us to sort of be like... As my friend Kate said, the point of villains, like a very well-written villain is still evil, but they make some points. That's so like, they, they are they are they are sympathetic halfway if you look at thanos right thanos's whole planet was destroyed by overpopulation mm-hmm. so you can follow that train of thought you can follow okay the grief of losing a planet blame it on overpopulation okay okay i'm following i'm following kill half the population of all the other planets and suddenly they'll be safe that's the right turn and that's when I'm like, okay, let's dial it back. Because there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions that. So the so the reason that he works as a villain is because you can see, like, you can draw the line between the inciting incident and his final actions. You can see the through line. Yes. It's not necessarily like the decisions he made to get there are not necessarily the decisions you would have made yes. based on your personal morality. But from what we know of the character, it is understandable. What we know about Thanos, what we know about how he sees the world. You can link all of his decisions up until the snap and see, we see how we got to that point. Mm-hmm. And I think that is why it is easy to like sympathize with villains. Because you can technically justify everything. Mm-hmm. Sure, the end result is like horrific, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's understandable. I see it. I think during this episode, I've reevaluated 
my stance. I think from a purely lustful perspective. Right. Helena Katsuth. From a strictly lustful um, perspective, I can see how Helena Katsuth, just that, because like I said, everything else outside of that, I, I can't, I, I, I've went, I went from, of course I'm in love with the hero. What do you mean? Who else is there to be in love with? To... But I think that's the point of good fiction. The good yeah. good fiction has three-dimensional characters. So you can look at someone like Mystique and be like, I don't agree with the things you're doing now, but I understand the life you had. to do with me. True. So for me, villain fucking really is just like, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. I, I see And no I think that's good enough. Not. And yeah. I don't and I don't think you saying, Hey, why not? I don't think that is a reason to like incite a moral outrage about you as a person. Yes. I think you're allowed to find people attractive no matter what. But I think it, it becomes questionable when you are now trying to like bring them into your actual life. Yeah. I think for me, yeah. It's like we don't want to dive too deep into like you can, sex, but like... You can say Hela is hot all you want. That doesn't mean you think what she yes. did is fine. So when we're speaking villain fucking and the morality thereof is that we actually don't have to think about the morality thereof. It's we're here. It's fun. Beautiful views. Beautiful outfits. Make me orgasm. Let me see the fan art. That's it. That's where mm-hmm. I'm at. So I think I get it. At first, I was like, ah, why? It only took two hours. I brought beloved to the dark side. Because like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I, mean, it just didn't make any, well, it's not that it didn't make any sense. I get it, right? I mean, we've, we've had the whole, you know, being preached about the whole bad boy phase and girls that just wanted to be with the worst of men. But it's a thing of like, I, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Especially when we separate the reality from the fiction, and even if we bring it into real life of our real life villains that we can point out in 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 our day to day lives right now, um, we don't have anybody who's, you know, very close. Most of anybody that we can point to in real life, like you said earlier, is just as far and further out of our minds as any fictional character. Sure, but I think even when we bring it back home, it's a thing of like. I get the attraction, I get the lust, I get everything. Um, it doesn't reflect on who you are as a person, you, not the villain, you as a person and, and what your moral standings are. You just find this person hot. Mm-hmm. And I suppose our society doesn't have to put this blanket over you. Like I guess it is hoping for too much to expect people to be able to make that distinction. Even even if, like, because when I was asking you earlier and asking you to define how you personally would approach it in real life, um, I do think that that critical thinking <laughs> side of things is, is lacking Definitely. in our society. And so perhaps then we can then judge you. Like, a, come you, on. Because like, I think on. I think for somebody who I can clearly see, they understand that the dynamic here. They understand what they're here for. They understand what this person actually does and the implications of their actions. They understand it. But I really do think that most people in a real life setting where there's a real life villain and they're attracted, they won't be able to draw their lines on whether or not they condone this behavior. It's, it'll be very easy to just 
Harley Quinn them and just bring them on. Because also when you are with your villain, he is not his villainous self. He is just your like boyfriend or whatever. I would want you to be a little bit of the bad guy you are in the streets. Like that's the difference between he's doming you when you have sex versus you went on a date and someone came up to him and said you murdered my daughter and like thrust a picture in his face. Okay. Those are two different situations. He's not being a villain in the first situation. You're just having consensual hopefully sex. Mm-hmm. Like that that's not being a villain. That's just being in a relationship. It's when you are confronted with the villainy what yeah. is what do what you do, do yeah. then? So <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for joining us on this episode. It's been a good month of waiting. And, I mean, we're sorry, but we're also not sorry. But we are sorry. It's been rough, but we're <laughs> back. This is our birthday episode. Yes, um, Nikki's birthday is in a good... Two and two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. I'm going to be 24. God help me. Yeah, and Beloved's birthday was on the first. She turned twenty. Guys, I'm officially in the twenties. It's our birthday episode, so <laughs> um, send us your thoughts if you have any comments. I concerns. really want to know that if you guys are certified villain fuckers like Mickey here, who hashtag so villain fucker. I want to hear your thoughts on who are you fucking and why? Why? Please attach pictures. <laughs> Definitely attach pictures. And yeah, you if can... you want to write an essay, our email address is in the smoke pod at gmail.com. Yeah. You can find us on all of our social medias at in the smoke, including we have a TikTok. I don't know if we have any TikToks up, but it exists. We have a Twitter, we have an Instagram. Find us there. Um, and thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys. Bye.